Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Small Biz Matters, the half-hour program where you work on your business rather than in it. My name is Alexi Boyd, your trusted business advisor, small business lover and enjoyer of all things admin. That's it, really. I love all the things you love to hate. <laughs> um, I'm well joined by a fantastic guest today. I'm, I'm really looking forward to today's show. We've got a bit of a guest fest going on in Small Biz Matters at the moment. And we've got Gary uh, here today. He's going to be talking to us all about sales. Now, I'm going to say this first up, that sales is not marketing. And this is something that Gary taught me originally when we were talking about sales and what, what is the difference? What is the difference between the two? Why it's important to understand the concept of sales when you've got a marketing process that's going on in your business as well. And last time we had Gary on the show, we were talking about some top tips with um, just getting your sales up and running, what sort of apps you might consider using to get control of what's going on with your customer relationship management. And uh, you can, of course, have a look at that show, which is available on our podcasts on smallbizmatters.com.au. So in terms of what we're going to be talking about today, um, sale, uh, Gary is a sales expert and he's going to be sharing with us some top tips on improving lead generation as a small business. And the great news is, yay, which we love, all things, all these um, are going to be, well, lots of them are going to be actually available for free for you as a small business. You've just got to be really savvy and know where to look. So um, welcome to the show again, Gary. Thanks for coming on. Thank you, Alexi. Nice to be here. And um, look, why is it that, why is it, am I wrong? Am I barking up the wrong tree when I say marketing doesn't necessarily equate to sales or is it because the two of them need to come together? I know it's a bit of a topic I'm obsessed with whenever we chat, but why is it that we say the word sales and we don't just lump it into marketing as a small business? Why do we have to distinguish the two, do you think? I think maybe since the last time I met with you that I, I heard an expression that was uh, kind of very elegantly pitched the two. Um, Marketing talks to an audience and sales talks to the individual. And so a lot of people get caught up in what they've got to do with their marketing activities. And that's great. You need to have marketing activities running in the background. But sales is about execution one-to-one. -one. So it's about the discussion that I have with the person that I'm actually selling to. Mm -hmm. And that then you know, poses a whole new question around what your content looks like, how you get to that person, etc. So the marketing machine is that funnel of bringing in the, the, the lead or the opportunity to the door potentially. Um, and then the execution is what happens when that the salesperson actually has that one-to-one -one discussion with the person that they're trying to sell to. Uh, and that's the difference between the two. So when you don't, in the absence of a marketing term and you're just doing pure lead generation, which is what we're talking about today, um, yeah, that's kind of key to then making sure that your activities around how you generate leads are, um, you know, very well defined, very well um, executed and are programmatic in how you approach it. So that's, uh, that's the, 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 I guess, essentially the differences between the two. That's a fantastic way to describe it. And I, I love the, mo the moment there where you moved to processes and procedures towards the end there. It is, it is it's, a, it's like your own personal funnel. You bring it in with those activities, which is a great way to describe all of your marketing stuff that you do, because essentially you want to automate that as much as possible. You don't want it to be you sitting there doing a grudge work and trying to engage with everybody one-on-one -on, -one on something like Facebook. You want to use the algorithms and, and make it work for you, whether that be, and we shouldn't just talk about Facebook because that is not where Facebook is heading, as, as we know, um, but talking about those those larger channels working in your favour, whether it be print collateral or advertising on your local radio station, or it might be talking about Facebook or those online platforms. It's like those are sending out the tendrils and bringing people into you. But at the end of the day, that one-on-one -on -one relationship 
is I guess where the sales thing kicks in and then the and then the process of, of engagement and then turning those into a a sale is is what we're talking about at this stage correct yeah absolutely so um Obviously, when we talk about lead generation, that's, uh, um, um, please correct me if I'm wrong, but the lead generation is the generating of the lead from your activities that you've got happening. And then we're talking now about the conversion between a lead into starting the relationship as a sale. Is that what what you mean there by lead conversion? Yeah. So it's it's more about, um, you know, what techniques are you doing to do your own lead generation? So assume that there's, there's either some sort of a marketing engine behind that's helping to bring customers to the door. But if in the absence of that and you're doing your own one-on-one lead generation, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's about what what techniques are you using to get to those customers? How are you assessing what is the best customer to get to? Uh, and what discussions are you having to get to those customers or what activities are you having? So I guess what I tend to see is that Somebody will say, I'm just going to do this. And that's, I guess, where I see a lot of the problems happen in lead generation because there is no one technique that's a winning technique. It, it needs to be a blended approach, which means using all means available to us. And I, I mean, traditional traditional means that we're all familiar with, but we don't necessarily revert to using them in, and using them well. So I mean, email, I mean, cold calls, I mean, asking customers for referrals, using the in-mail function on LinkedIn if you're paying for the premium version of LinkedIn in the absence of being able to send out emails, um, Facebook and for whatever the, 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 you know, the mechanism is of how you would use Facebook. I'm probably more on the B2B side, so I use LinkedIn more than I would Facebook. Mm-hmm. But, but the concept's still the same, the con- just trying to generate leads back yeah, to your website. absolutely, or, gener- or generate leads directly back to you. To you, yep. yeah. Um, so... It is. It's a combination of all of those things and all of them need to happen in tandem. So you're sending out emails, you're making calls, you're sending in-mails, you're, you're sending out posts, etc., to keep yourself relevant in the market. Um, but what I tend to see happen is that somebody will say, well, I called that person twice and I didn't hear back, so I let it go. Um, and that's where I say, you know, so what happened to the email? What happened to another three or four calls to follow that up? What happened to another email to follow that up? Um, it's just you have to be persistent to, to, to get through to people these days. You and I both know we get a million e- uh, emails in our inbox where something might be of interest to us, but we might just delete it because we go, oh, not not now, and you delete. Yep. Or you don't bother reading it. It just sits in your inbox. But until that person comes back to you two or three times, it might only be on the third or fourth time or second or third time that you actually say, yeah, I actually think I do want to have a chat to that person. Yeah, I had exactly that. And, and someone connected with me on, on LinkedIn. I went, uh, okay, I was at that stage where I was just hitting whack-a-mole. And they, they, after a couple of really persistent emails, I went, hang on, this person's actually going to be very, very useful. But even then, I didn't have the time to engage straight away. So I guess my process was to, first of all, I use flags a lot in my inbox because, you know, even if you are the most organised person in the world, I get desperately distressed if my inbox goes below the bottom of the page. So my oh, inbox shit. is a to-do list and everything's filed away. Unless, and then when I'm busy, it's it's probably at least a couple of hundred emails long. I know a couple of you sitting there going, I've got 24,000. <laughs> but what I try and do is file things away quickly and then I use the flags in Outlook to colour code things. So if it's a client and it's urgent, I've got to get back to them ASAP, it's red. But if it's a follow-up for a contact that I think might be useful, it's purple. But more important than that, I just quickly respond to the email using my full signature, not the reply. You know, you sometimes use the reply and it's only got yeah, a couple yeah. of lines, but you use the full one and I say, 
thank you so much for connecting with me. I'm just drowning in client work at the moment. Is it all right if I get back to you in a couple of weeks? Now, how long did that just take to type? Quick little email, shoot it off. And then you've started that process, haven't you? You've engaged with them and you've recognised that there's something that's going to be useful. Correct, yeah. And, and again, I think that's a case of, I mean, I know, I know Alexi, you're, you're very organised, but for a lot of people... You know, if they're flooded with in, you know, with with uh, emails in their inbox, may not do that. And so, an email that might be sent from you to a prospective um, customer could just get lost in the sea of emails that they get. Mm. Which is why, if you sent an email and then you followed up with a phone call, if you think you finished, you're a long way from finished. By way of lead generation in modern day selling world, you need to be touching that customer probably in a small to medium business. I would say at least five to six times mm-hmm. before you get to that. You know, decision maker or influencer. If you're chasing somebody in a business that's that's of that of that kind of uh, um, position, and if you're reaching a senior executive in a larger business, um, you know, and I'm talking from experience, and this is certainly anecdotally the proof, it can take 12 to 14 touch points before you get through to like a CFO in a mid-sized business or a CIO or something like that. Which might be who you're targeting in in terms of what who it is that you as a consultant want to engage with. Correct, yeah. And and real life experience I did. I, I was working where you know for a for a company where I had to get to some uh, CFOs and I was experiencing exactly that. But and it did. It took me in the one instance it took me nine nine calls, combination of calls, emails, emails, to get to that uh, to get to that CFO. Um, but it wasn't and when I did get through to him he just he always said was yes I've seen a couple of emails from you and I know you've called me a couple of times not realizing that it's actually been nine times that I've done that but in his mind it's only one or two that's it because he's might, might have only have seen those but I got to him I got a meeting we're engaged we're we're, we're now fully engaged yeah had I given up at the five point uh, you know we wouldn't we wouldn't be where we are it's funny it? you so. say that number is so high because I, I can recall doing some cold calling previously um, in a different life and I remember thinking oh my god I've, I've literally got, I've got to leave this person alone it's literally I mean you get to the point where you go I'm hassling this person I look like an idiot but like you said at their end then their mind you've only really got through once or twice yeah, and I think that that's uh, you know. How do you find that balance? There, there is. You need to be sensible about it, and and, and I was going to bring that up a little later to say that you need to use your better judgment for um, what size of business you're chasing, uh, how many people, mm. you know, the, the caliber of person that you're trying to get in touch with to be able to say, look, it's five times now. Anything more than that, and I'm actually being a, I'm pestering that person, so I need to I need to let that one go, um, and potentially come back to it in a few months' time. Or let it go completely. But, yeah, you need to use your better judgment. Like with that one, with that CFO, I knew that it was just a case of this guy was up to his eyeballs yeah. and, and I just needed to be persistent and continue. So, how did you get uh, past the gatekeeper just out of Because no, I used to be a gatekeeper as an executive assistant. So how did you get past them? The gatekeeper wasn't actually too bad. Uh, uh, so his, uh, his executive assistant fully understood the value proposition of what it was that we had and thought that there was reason for him to have a look and was helping the situation but even with that help it still took nine touch points Interesting. Um, so she was very helpful and and uh, but but again you know I could have easily given that one up after you know five or six attempts and we wouldn't be where we are today and we have a proposal that's just about to be put on the table for that one so um, again it was important enough to continue uh, and that's where again my better judgment said I understand. I think what's happening behind the scenes, given some of the support I had with EA, and even getting to her wasn't, you know, t- t- challenging to begin with. Um, 
but I wasn't going to let go. And, you know, yeah. I think we've all been in those positions. I think even as a small business, just engaging with someone else, you can recognise and your your judgment can kick in as to when that is a really important. And even you know, <clears throat> if it does take a few months, which which sort of raises the the issue of timelines, and that you have to have a number of these things on the go, don't you? You've got to have a number of fry pans on the element going at once. It's kind of like cooking a meal for a dinner party. You've got to have <clears throat> multiple things going to get to the end game. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. I think the key the key messaging here is that. Um, you, you, you know, for everyone, they need to be a little more persistent than they are, perhaps. Maybe, you know, in years gone by, you could have got away with two or three calls and you might have had an engagement happen out of two or three. Mm. We're all time poor. We're all super busy. We all get flooded in our inbox, our, our voicemails, um, our emails, wherever it is that the, the communications are hitting us in Facebook. Uh, we're all getting flooded. And so you are, you need to stand out in that sea of communication that's happening. And that extra little bit of persistence could be the difference between winning or losing, a, winning a customer or actually not having any engagement at all. Yeah. Uh, so you don't even get to the door. So um, that, that's really the key thing here is it, it, that persistence needs to be stepped up a little, a little higher. Look, we might just take a quick break here on Triple H 100.1 FM. You are listening to Small Biz Matters and we've got a fantastic uh, guest today, Gary from Your Sales Manager. We're talking about sales strategies and um, talking about outbound techniques to convert those kind of those activities that you do in the background that you're hoping are working for you and changing them into sales leads. So let's take a quick break here. We'll be back after this. My name is Alexi Boyd on Small Biz Matters. We'll be back. And you are listening to Triple H 100.1 FM. Welcome back to the program. Today we are talking here on Small Biz Matters about sales techniques, lead generation and how to convert those into actual dollar figures. And we have our guest here from Your Sales Manager, which is Gary. Thank you for joining us on the show today. Thanks again, Alexi. It's great to have you. Um, those of you who missed uh, Gary's original show, we have every all of our podcasts, loads of information available to you on smallbizmatters.com.au. Now, I've had a couple of people ask about getting those podcasts online and getting them into iTunes. Uh, working on it. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I know some of you go, I've got, I've got one hour drives and that's when I need to be... Important enough to continue. Uh, and that's where, again, my better judgment said... I understand, I think, what's happening behind the scenes given some of the support I had with EA and even getting to her wasn't, you know, challenging to begin with. Um... But I wasn't going to let go, and uh, you know, yeah. I think we've all been in those positions. I think even as a small business, just engaging with someone else, you can recognise and your your judgement can kick in as to when that is a really important. Absolutely. And if, you know, <clears throat> even if it does take a few months, which which sort of raises the the issue of timelines, and that you have to have a number of these things on the go, don't you? You've got to have a number of fry pans on the element going at once. It's kind of like cooking a meal for. A dinner party. You've got to have <clears throat> multiple things going to get to the end game. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. I think the key the key messaging here is that um, you, you you know for everyone they need to be a little more persistent than they are. Perhaps maybe you know in years gone by you could have got away with two or three calls and you might have had an engagement happen out of two or three. Mm. We're all time poor. We're all super busy. We all get flooded in our inbox, our, our voicemails, um, our emails, wherever it is that the, the communications are hitting us in Facebook, uh, we're all getting flooded. And so you are you need to stand out in that sea of communication that's happening. And that extra little bit of persistence could be the difference between winning or losing a, winning a customer or actually not having any engagement at all. Yeah. Uh, so you don't even get to the door. So... Um, that, that's really the key thing here is it, it, that persistence needs to be stepped up a little a little higher. Look, we might just take a quick break here on Triple H 100.1 FM. You are listening to Small Biz Matters and we've got a fantastic uh, 
guest today, Gary from Your Sales Manager. We're talking about sales strategies and um, talking about outbound techniques to convert those kind of those activities that you do in the background that you're hoping are working for you and changing them into sales leads. So let's take a quick break here. We'll be back after this. My name is Alexi Boyd on Small Biz Matters. We'll be back. And you are listening to Triple H 100.1 FM. Welcome back to the program. Today we are talking here on Small Biz Matters about sales techniques, lead generation and how to convert those into actual dollar figures. And we have our guest here from Your Sales Manager, which is Gary. Thank you for joining us on the show today. Thanks again, Alexi. It's great to have you. Um, Those of you who missed uh, Gary's original show, we have every all of our podcasts, loads of information available to you on smallbizmatters.com.au. Now, I've had a couple of people ask about getting those podcasts online and getting them into iTunes. Uh, working on it. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I know some of you go, I've got, I've got one hour drives and that's when I need to be listening to your show. So, yes, um, that is part of the process. Um, as soon as the fair is over... I'll be able to dedicate more time to my wonderful listeners. So coming back to what we were talking about on the show, sales strategies using outbound techniques. Can you give me some examples of some sales strategies? I guess we're talking back into that, those marketing activities now. Um, or are you saying these are, the word, these are the ones you use after you've got your audience engaged, now you want to start the sales strategies? This is where we're at in the process? By way of messaging? Yeah. Yeah. So... so that's probably key is that uh, messaging of all of your communications need to be very structured, very personalised because we all know what generic approaches look like both by way of phone, by way of email Uh, and so they don't see the the light of day. You'll get a generic email that's just hi, no Alexi or anything like that. Or hi small business owner or hi Alexi or Alexandra Boyd, that's my favourite. Oh, when they've okay. got where you've got that data from, because that's really old. <laughs> so, and that's exactly the point: is that um, you know we all get flooded with those, and so they're very quickly deleted or dismissed. You know, in in any way, shape, or form, whether it's phone or email or email, wherever it's coming from. So, you need to research your customer. If you're doing a one-on-one outbound approach, be it by phone or by email or by email. Do your research, so have a look at the customer's website, have a look at what they do, see if you can understand the markets that they're working in, and then structure your uh, communication to be very tailored to that customer so that when they get it, it looks like you're actually somebody that's connected to their business already, mm-hmm. where there's some, you know, you've shown interest in their business, you understand what they do, and your messaging reflects that. And then you know, not being in too much of a sell mode for what it is that you're doing is uh, what value you would add to their business um, in a very discreet kind of way. Again, not being too pushy about selling, but um, what it is that your product or service may be of value and how it would be of value to their business. Again, we all see a lot of emails and and content where it's just, I'm I'm pushing my product. You know, I'm selling this widget. Do you want to buy this widget? Yeah. And people, if you're selling just widgets, that's fine. If you're selling a pair of shoes and you say, interested in these shoes, um, that's the kind of thing that people probably buy once a year or whatever they do. Um, so so you, you could catch them on a day where they go, yeah, those shoes look good, but that's not that's not what we're selling here. So um, that content and that uh, uh, messaging needs to be very tailored. And if you've got that messaging right, the chances of that person actually acknowledging the email or the phone call are much, much higher, obviously. Uh, And so that's why you need to take a step back and have a think about it. I constantly ask people to review my own content that I push out for when I'm doing outbound um, to say, do you think that that resonates? Do you think my messaging looks good? Even though I think it looks brilliant, Mm. I still go to peer review if you like to say, tell me if you think that that works. 
and I always garner some some feedback from somebody else to say, you know, maybe you could tweak that or say this or do that, and then I take the you know I take the good from those comments uh, and and put them into action. But I think the key thing is to uh, to make sure that you are doing that research and that you are actually getting to know that customer beforehand, and they see that in the email or the or the, the the phone call that you get. Um, you know, like Alexi, I noticed on your website that you blah, you mm. know, whatever it was. Gee, you've Research me. You've looked at me. You know mm. who I am. Yeah, that kind of that kind of uh, communication. And it's um it, it's very easy to do, and and it's not. It literally will take thirty seconds just to click on someone's LinkedIn profile, scroll through what it is that they are doing. How who are they connected with? Who have you got common connections with? That's something that you see quite. Oh, look at that! It looks like we've got um so and so, and you can't just say we've got these common connections. Like, no, 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 that's cheating. I want you to actually look at who it is that we both know who are also very well connected, who might be able to assist with our getting together and, and having a chat or through LinkedIn. Is that where you're saying that it needs to happen, the, the person, person, the personability of it? That's the right word. Yeah, the, yeah. the, the, the connect point and mm. the, how you approach that kind of personalisation of that, of that yeah. connect point. Yeah, definitely. So whatever the medium is that you're using to communicate with a customer, be it email, you know, call, calling or just in mail or Facebook, whatever the mechanism is, um, do that research. In my own business, so I do, um, I will send out three either emails or in mails a day. Can you just describe for people who don't know what those are? What's an in mail? An in mail is LinkedIn's mm -hmm. uh, me sending a, 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 it's like an email within LinkedIn. Yeah, kind of what, like uh, Facebook Messenger. Kind yeah, of thing, it is like But a, for business. Absolutely. Um, so I'll either send an email preferably an email if, if I can find email addresses and I'll talk to how there are some tools that you can use to, to help find that. Mm -hmm. um, or I'll send an email, which is the LinkedIn you know, mailing within LinkedIn. Um, and I'll only do the research takes the research time and sending out takes me an hour to send out three a day. And that's my target. I do three a day. But that's me going and looking at the customer. Is this a customer profile that, that is in my demographic of who I would like to be engaged with? Um, and then I research their website, I research the people that work within the business, and I'm looking for certain markers to say, yes, that's that's ideal for me, and then this is the person that I'm going to connect with. And to my other point, um, you know, exactly who are you connecting with? Is it just the pure decision maker, or is there somebody else that might be an influencer that you need to be connecting with that's going to have more relevance for you than the actual decision maker, or do you connect with both? Again, it's your better judgment to say um, which one should you connect with or should you connect with both, but acknowledging that you've done that so that you say, well, look, I've also sent an email to, you know, X, Y, and Z, but I'm reaching out to you because you're also kind of in important in the overall view of what this may be or what this, uh, uh, you know, um, offering might might bring to, to, to yield for value for your business. Because there's nothing worse than engaging or getting a phone. I literally got a phone call from a company yesterday um, saying, so I uh, noticed that you made a booking with us a year ago. Are you interested in doing that booking again? And I went, I've already spoken to so-and-so and the booking's going ahead. Um, you might want to check your... And they're so, wow, they just looked totally yeah. unprofessional because they hadn't um, connected the fact that one person I was engaging with at their custom, a company was already happening with me, if you know what I mean. So it's, it's important that you have in your sales process, like you said, if you're engaging with someone else in the company, that you tell them that that's happening because I think nothing could be more embarrassing at the boardroom level where there's two people sitting down and go, I met this great person for coffee and they went, yeah, I met him at 10. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> And exactly they didn't right. realise they were meeting and like you don't want to waste 
people's, people's time. time. Yeah, no, definitely. And again, that's the kind of thing that in, in that instance where somebody had called you, I, I would I would put money on it. They didn't have a, a CRM yeah. at the back end. And yeah, that everyone's got access to. That everyone they might have their own CRM. But and, that, that, yeah. and that everyone's actually updating and putting the, yes. the, the, the data in there. So, um, yeah, key, key to any of the, 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 the content that I'm talking about here is that all of that needs to be recorded in what you in, in, in a CRM mm. because none of us have got good enough wealth. Maybe some do, but I don't have nobody, good enough nobody memory. Nobody children does, that's anyway. <laughs> um, to go back and look at every single communication that I had with a customer, be it a combination of, you know, where I might have had five or six calls, what happened at each of those. Yes. Um, so I have to be able to, to go back to it and so should anyone else that's, uh, that's doing any level of outbounding or, or lead generation of their own um, to make sure that they are on on top of what they did and said last uh, in a CRM and uh, not a spreadsheet in a CRM. Yeah, it's so just because we talked about this last time you, you came on the program, um, one of those that you recommended was HubSpot. HubSpot is Yeah, that's great. a nice free yeah. one. HubSpot uh, is, is fantastic. Insightly is another one that's great. Uh, there's a number of free CRMs out there that are, that are really good. But, uh, yeah, between HubSpot and Insightly, you can't go wrong with both of those. It doesn't need yeah. to be complicated either. It's really you just need to have a process, not a process, but like a progression of discussions, emails, what you talked about last time. What did, when did you promise you'd get back to them? That's a big one. Um, or, worse still, when is that actual meeting? Don't forget to put the meeting in your diary. Absolutely. And don't make the mistake of, um, I made this actual mistake a couple of weeks ago, to be honest. I accepted someone's invitation that they sent me and I assumed it went into my calendar. They sent it to me on Outlook. I use my Google Calendar. So it didn't go in and uh, I literally missed the meeting. I literally got that horrible phone call where they want, what type, <laughs> I'm not kidding, what coffee do you want me to order you? And I'm on the train in my yoga gear <laughs> going, oh, my God, this was a really important one. Luckily, this very kind person said, it's okay. I live locally. We can, we can meet up again. I totally understand. And, it, and in that situation, you do have to be human. Everyone's yes, human. Just don't let it happen too many times. And make sure if someone sends you an Outlook invitation, you put it in your Google Calendar because sometimes they won't communicate that way. So it's kind of it's those that progression of the discussions you have with them you don't want to forget that nugget of something they've said to you they might say to you oh i've got a really great meeting why don't you come along to it and you're like damn i can't come to that because i've got a client meeting but the next conversation you can say how was that how did that go for you how was that meeting so you you show that you remember the conversation you had with them and then the other thing i think what what i'm looking for because you know the last time we talked i still haven't put my crm together yet i know i haven't had time i blame the fair uh but <laughs> but then another thing you want to know is you want to be able to uh categorize um i guess hot warm and cold um, so you can work out what someone is. It's not really important as opposed to, oh, my goodness, this person's going to be really useful right now. I need to keep either hassling them or getting back to them as quickly as possible. And you want that from your CRM. CRM. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, CRM is has, has a number of components to it, obviously. One is just the pure customer contact management piece, which is principally what we're talking about today. But then there's actual deal progression and lead progression to say, you know, how how is that? running through the the system of progression to a close or conversion of that sale mm -hmm. um, and then it, there's the statistics as well at the back end correct which for, you can use when you when you're really hitting it hard absolutely to say what what's the success rate that i'm getting and and um you know i can tell you i know exactly what my success rate is based on what i do with my linkedin um outreach the three that i do per day um and it's and it's a very successful um 
methodology or campaign for me to be working on. It may not work for everyone, but that's what I found to work for me. But again, as I say, that's only one technique that I'm using. I'm using others, but that's probably the key one um, to, to have a look what I'm doing. So um, I want to just touch on a couple of other points. Want that from your CRM. CRM. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, CRM is has has a number of components to it obviously one is just the pure customer contact management piece which is principally what we're talking about today but then there's actual deal progression and lead progression to say you know how how is that running through the the system of progression to a close or conversion of that sale mm-hmm. um, and then it, there's the statistics as well at the back end correct which for, you can use when you when you're really hitting it hard absolutely to say what what's the success rate that I'm getting and and um, you know I can tell you I know exactly what my success rate is based on what I do with my LinkedIn um, outreach the three that I do per day um, and it's and it's a very successful um, methodology or campaign for me to be working on it may not work for everyone but that's what I found to work for me but again as I say that's only one technique that I'm using I'm using others but that's probably the key one um, to, to have a look what I'm doing so um, I want to just touch on a couple of other points on some free tools that you can get Ooh, free yes um, that are just so useful to have there's a plugin for LinkedIn called Lucia I'm not sure whether we spoke about this on the last um, how do you spell that L-U-S-H-A mm-hmm. it's um, is free for five up to five contacts so if I look up Alexi Boyd for example uh, on LinkedIn and you don't actually have your contact details in LinkedIn um, the plugin lets me go click on the little Lucia uh, emblem and if you have put your phone number details and email details into something else somewhere else that might be Instagram Facebook Twitter um, uh, Google Plus anything like that where it doesn't match and says yes I found Alexi's email address and I found her mobile number maybe appearing with two hits that are identical it'll pop that number up and say yes here's Alexi's details and that's free it's free for up to five per month and then you pay and then it's about $30 a month and you get 50 credits. So this is a really good one if you've, if you've got people that you absolutely desperately have to get hold of and you can't find their details because they're twits and they haven't put them on LinkedIn. Correct. So you can't find it on their website or you can't find it on LinkedIn. And really? You, Did that still happen? Absolutely. <laughs> uh, and, and you're wanting to do an outbound. So I use it, I use it a lot because my, outbounds, of my preference is to want to send emails to customers rather than emails. Not everybody lives and breathes in LinkedIn like, like I do, and, and I acknowledge that. Mm. So, uh, and likewise, you know, with Facebook. So if I can send an email, it's the preference for me to send out an, an introductory email or, you know, f- for me doing my, my own lead generation. Um, and Lucia assists with that. So it lets me find that. Uh, and it's a, it's a plug-in for Chrome. The other one is one called Hunter, which is, um, say if I'm trawling somebody's website and uh, I'm not finding email addresses, you can click on the Hunter um, icon and it will automatically pop up emails that are on that website. So wherever they live on that website, it'll pop up emails. Um, again, it's so many free and then you have to pay for it per month. I'm not sure what the, the actual conversion on that one is for uh, where, where it flip, flips over into being paid mm-hmm. because I tend to use uh, Lucia and it does the job for me. Right. Um, but again, yeah, it's it's another useful one for being able to find email addresses where they might be buried on a website where you, you would spend 40 minutes trying to find somebody's email address, you know, where it might not be in the contact us section, it could be somewhere else. Um, 
and uh, yeah, it's a, it's a great one for um, for finding out that information. But the Lucia one is is just fantastic as far as LinkedIn is concerned, um, because it does often give you mobile numbers, it gives you email addresses, so you you've got everything you need to send an email to a customer and then follow them up on their mobile. It's not always accurate because it might be that somebody entered in you know information into Facebook or Twitter or Instagram ten years ago with a mobile number that doesn't exist anymore. Not mm. that those platforms existed ten years ago, but a long time ago. But it's pretty good it's probably 90 percent accurate for what it for what it does bring up um so yeah it's a couple of very very useful tools over there another one that i use is one it's a paid uh when i send out an email it's called yesware um it tracks uh emails being sent so i know that if i sent you an email alexi in probably again 90 percent of the cases if you don't have some blocking software on your email um, it actually just tells me that you've opened my email. And if you open it again in three months' time, it shows me on the screen that you've opened that email again. So and that's free? It's not free. That one's a pay-for oh. one, yeah. Okay. You can do a trial, a 30-day trial or something, but then you pay, yeah. Okay, so that's quite useful. That's something that um, a software like Zero might use, for example, where it can see where uh, people have actually opened your invoices and viewed them. So right, they, okay. They can't lie to you when they say they haven't seen your invoice. Right, okay. <laughs> is, that, is that a real thing in that's Zero? That's a real oh, thing right, in Zero, okay. yeah. That's, well, a, well, that's it's, a thing. <laughs> it's very similar. Um, it's very similar. So they might have clicked on it they may not have read the email but i know that they've actually clicked on it so um, and the other thing is it's just good to know that if you sent if, if i had an interaction with you and you go back to it three months later um you know you don't want to make it look like you've got esp when you call but you know that somebody's had another look at it there might there might have been something that's changed about their interest levels in what you spoke about not being relevant then but being relevant now um at least you have that visibility of the fact that you know somebody has gone back to look at that email and you can you know put that in your crm to call in a couple of days and say hey i'm just following up as i would have been um so yes where is another one that's uh, that's that's a very very useful tool yeah. are there any things that you can do in your emails to make them look a little bit more um likely to be opened so one of the things I like to do is make sure that I've got a photo in the bottom of my email just to sort of make it pop out a little bit more. Um, anything that professional associations, for example, if I'm trying to grab hold of someone in the bookkeeping space to show that I'm a, a, you know, part of a professional association. Are there any tips you've got for that? Do you bold stuff? My husband hates it when I bold things in my emails. He said, you're shouting at people. Stop it that. Is, yeah. A lot of people see that as, as kind of screaming the words at them. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I think that the, the most important thing is what's in, the, what's in the subject line of the email because that's what people see and read first. So subject the subject line. line is the most important thing. If you don't have something that captures... Uh, imagination and relevance quickly in the in the subject line your email may not may not even get looked at so so you're doing that um, thing where you're expecting me to condense everything that I do into 10 words in less than 10 oh, words yeah, I can't yeah, even I can't even words. do like 50 I really I, for those of you out there it might be a bit like me no creative brain whatsoever that's really hard to condense and describe in a nutshell while still engaging and making it interesting it's it's difficult maybe it's because i'm talking about admin <laughs> that yeah. make it a bit that makes it a bit kind of impossible to engage with but it's hard it's hard to write down what you do it, um, worded within the subject line and then you can flesh it out a little more obviously in the actual uh, body of the email but um again it still needs to be short sharp and snappy because we haven't got you know we're all too time poor to read yes long more than seven yeah. words apparently more than, more than, <laughs> well no, in the in the in the subject in the body of the email you can you can be more prescriptive but yes. it's about 
that that subject line has to get my attention and say yes I want to look at that. So is this um, a good point in time to you know we always talk about on the program on Small Biz Matters about surrounding yourself with good people is this a good p- time to engage with a copywriter um, or, or a marketer who who whose hat do I put on I literally struggle with this I mean I will spend two hours working on I remember when I when I did my, my email signature which is you know um, no great now I can't even remember it awesome um, but when I came up with my email tagline, that literally took me two days. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm just wondering if there's a more efficient way of doing that. Who do I ask for for help with that? That's a, that's it a could good be family and friends in you begin with. I, I think so, you know. Um, and, and, and find people that are your prospective customers and say, what, how, how would you perceive this communication, whatever perceive. that is? Perceive. That's a great way to do it. Um, and, and, and look for their um, feedback on that because your potential customer is your best possible source of telling you what they think works and doesn't work for what they're likely to look at and read. Um, I went through this exercise just recently with um, with a customer that I did some work with where we were targeting chartered accountants and mm-hmm. we went and spoke to some chartered accountants. Each of us knew a couple and so we went and said, what, what would we need to say? To, to, to make you go, yes, I'm interested in that. And they gave us the feedback, exactly what we needed. And, and that rolled out across every one of the other ones that we spoke to as worked. They said, you know, yes, that, that that's what we needed to and hear. And it's something we talk about here on Small Miss Matters a lot is ask for help. Of when, when you first start hitting, you know, the networking events and things like that, I have never had anyone turn down the offer of a free coffee to ask them for advice. Would you give me some advice? I'm thinking of a new business venture. I'd love your opinion. I'll buy you a coffee. Have you got an hour to spare? And that that's hugely um, generous of that person to give you a whole hour plus their advice for, the, for, for $4.50. Uh, <laughs> so don't be afraid to ask. And like you said, don't be afraid to ask people who may or may not necessarily become your clients that's not what you're after. You're after their advice in that space. Correct. And yeah, if yeah. you don't know anyone in that target space, then you will know people who do. You've just got to go out there and ask for that um, connection and uh, say to people, does anybody know anybody in this space? I'd like to give them a call and ask them some advice. Again, never had anyone decline that. And I've asked many, many times. And we learned, uh, in just I'm, I'm prefacing that, that that example of the the accountancy firms, but we learnt an enormous amount of information by going and speaking to each of us. Went and spoke to two, and each of us came back then with the the pool of information that we had gleaned from talking to those um, two accountancy firms that we we had relationships with for how that for how our approach would work. Comes back to my point around researching how you're going to approach your target customer and your target market. So. Um, we did that piece of research, and without that, we would have we would absolutely have floundered in our first probably ten or so outreaches that we had. We would have worked out we were doing something very wrong, mm. and we would have spent a lot of time and effort doing that and um, trying to work out what it was you did wrong. Because no one's going to tell you correct. what you did wrong, except for when that guy rang correct. me and said, "Do you want to buy a sale?" I'll be like, "Dude, I spoke to someone yesterday." <laughs> but on the flip side of that coin, um, if you, if you have the if you have the uh, the opportunity to do that research, then Absolutely, it's it's critical that you do it because mm-hmm. it pays dividends in the long the long term for how much time and effort you don't waste trying to uh, get messaging that's not going to work. But equally, um, probably one of the biggest things that I see is is indecision and procrastination around getting something done and overthinking things. Um, you you at some point just have to 
go with your gut and get something out and make a start because if you sit there going, is, does that look perfect? Yeah. And is this the best wording? And is this going to work? And isn't it going to work? You, you know, you'll you'll never get anything out the door. So yeah, some- I literally didn't have an, I didn't send out an email for two days because I didn't have a tagline, and I felt how that was so important that I had a tagline on the bottom of my emails. I didn't send an email for two days, which is so dumb. Yeah, and and so we do. We get a little bit hung up on you know the perfection of what it is that we've got to send out, rather than just um, saying I need to get it out because yeah. this this is about you know building business it's about lead generation it's about continuity whatever whatever it is that that's representative of what it is that you're doing um but yeah i mean even for myself the other day i, I put a paid app uh ad on uh, on linkedin and i sat there deliberating long and hard does this look right is it going to be the right messaging and i just went forget it just do it um and push it out the door because if you don't you won't know yeah um and so yeah i could have sat there and thought about it Till the cows come, we all come work beautifully home, with deadlines, don't we? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Look, we're going to take a quick break here on Small Biz Matters. You're listening to me, Alexi Boyd, here on Triple H 100.1 FM. We will be back after this. Today we're talking all about sales techniques. We're talking about strategizing to make sure that you've got a good, solid process. We've mentioned some really fantastic free apps that are available to help you manage your customer relationship management software. Um, and just before the break, Gary, we were speaking a little bit about the importance of getting it right and making sure your message is correct in your hits when you go out from person to person. So when you're really trying to target someone on an individual level, you might be writing an email. You mentioned the most important part, which I hadn't thought of, is the subject line because these days we just glance at stuff, don't we? I mean, even just the point of getting someone to double click on an email is huge. I mean, that's like a big tick. So really the subject line is, is all crucial. I've noticed that sometimes with those uh, those hits, obviously, clearly, my, that email is going out to 100,000 people, which doesn't make me feel very important. But they've got little, like, icons now in the subject line, whether it be fireworks or little party things. So that's kind of an interesting technique. I guess that's jumping out at me, but pretty soon that's going to stop jumping out at me, isn't it? You've got to be fresh. You've got to be different. Yeah, correct. And, um, again, it's about really, you know, you have to sit yourself in that position yeah. and say, what is it that would excite me to have a look at that and click and read further Mm. um, for what it is that you're trying to do with that that person or that customer. Um, But I I can't stress the importance of, you know, email is one medium and um, there are so many businesses that I see now that have got caught up in the hole and I'm I'm by no means uh, denigrating digital marketing. But at the end of the day, people still like to talk to people. Yes. And so pick up the phone. Yep. So if you have sent an email or an email or you've done something through Facebook where you've connected electronically uh, or had some sort of electronic communication, it needs to be backed up with a phone call. Um, again, depending on the industry that you're in, it may not pay to make it, you know, the number of calls in some industries where, where, where it doesn't pay to do that. But if you're in that space where a phone call is required, then you need to make the call. And it might be that you need to make the five or six calls to get through to that person. Uh, and don't be afraid to do it. If you, you know, again, to, to, to go back to the example that I used, had I given up on that CFO at the fifth call, I would never have got to him. I got to him on the ninth call. Uh, or what, it was a combination of calls and emails. But, mm. um, you know, that's the sort of persistence that it took. So it's not a case of people are disinterested. Uh, in, in a lot of cases, it's more that they're just swamped and you are one of the people that's, you know, interrupting their day. And that's what we are doing when we're doing an outbound. We are interrupting somebody's day with something that they either hadn't thought of, weren't interested in up until the time that it hit their, their inbox. And so um, you, you need to keep that 
interest then, once you've invoked some level of interest through an email, potentially going with, with the follow-up uh, activity beyond it. I'm going to ask you the golden question. So you pick up the phone, you dial their number, they answer. What do you say? Hi, Alexi. I'm bringing on a follow-up to an email that I sent through to you. I'm not sure if you had a chance to read that. Uh, it gives them an opportunity to say yes or no as to whether they did. Yep. And if they didn't, then it gives me an opportunity to, to give the value the value proposition of what that what that email was about or what it is that I'm there to talk to them about. Do you like, at any stage say, is now a good time to talk? Absolutely, yeah, yep. yeah. If you've got a minute, you know, do you have a moment to talk, of course, yeah. yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, it's, you know, again, it's asking for the permission. It's uh, it's it's asking them in, in a lot of cases, I wonder if you could help me. Uh, you know, I'm keen to get some feedback around this mm. uh, where I'm asking them to tell me whether they're in that space or not. Mm. So if they say absolutely never have that problem, never, you know, not in a million years or whatever the case may be, then it, it could be a case of, well, you're very, you know, it invokes discussion. Yes. They've at least agreed to give you some feedback yeah. or give you some advice or guidance or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, it's not being a hard sell at all. It's it's kind of um, soliciting some interest and feedback there to say, do we have a progress point here where we actually have an interest in what you do? Yes. Uh, uh, is there a connection to be made? And is there made? a connection to be made? Yeah. I think it's important that we've, you know, over the last 10 years or so with all those stupid, we don't even pick up our home phones anymore situation, it's really important, I think, to be um, kind and considerate when we take those calls. I always try and make I give people a reason as to why not. You know, as a as a zero bookkeeper on Boyd Office Management Services, proud supporters of Triple H, I always get the calls going, oh, you know, are you happy with the software that you're using? And I will turn around and say, I'm extremely happy. I have no interest in learning an entirely new piece of software that nobody's ever heard of. Um, I really do appreciate your call, but... So it's kind of... Um, give them the time of day, be considerate and be kind, even with charities, be yeah, kind, yeah. especially yeah, with yeah. charities, be kind. Yeah, These people absolutely. are most likely volunteers. Um, so I think you need to, you, you're right, when you when you write that email, when you pick up the phone, you need to think of it from their perspective, um, value their time. I think that's really important, even with emails, value their time. And, you know, although I do find it a bit annoying, maybe that's just because of the space that I'm in right now, when people say, look, I know you're really busy, you're like, how? How do you know you're really busy? Hey, one second, picking up the phone or, or looking at my LinkedIn profile will make you recognise that I do way too much stuff. <laughs> and they can go, I know you're really busy with all of your volunteering stuff. I think it's really great what you do. Bang, they've just piqued my interest. You've bothered to look me up. You've taken an interest in who I am. Now I'm listening. I don't even know what you're selling. Correct. So I guess it's that balance, isn't it? And that's where that research comes in to say, how well do I know the, the person that I'm calling? So it's a combination then because now you've researched you know, in, in, in some cases, the business and the individual mm. um, to be able to have that connection point um, to, to start that conversation. But, yeah, you, you've you've just hit the nail on the head. If somebody were to have that connect point with you that says, um, you know, I've seen that you're headlong into organising the fair, um, so I'm, you know, I'm guessing you're probably tied up with that at the moment, but do you have a moment to talk? You'll probably go... Yes. Uh, you, Sorry, you, you are? You, yeah, you kind of know me. And what, would you like to come and help me yeah. <laughs> do something with the fair at the same time? Do you want to turn a sausage? I'll give you a meeting. you just got to work a barbecue yeah, for half it. an hour. Um, but, yeah, there's an instant connection there. There's somebody that's done a bit of research. And uh, that is that is the difference between the call that you get that you take and the call that you get that you hang up mm. or that, you know, you just say Dismiss no. I'm online options. It's very quick to add in a little note because it'll usually date and time stamp it so you know when you spoke to the person um, because 
nobody can hold all that information about all the relationships we have in their head. So use it. Don't forget to use it. And don't forget to put in things into your calendar, which is what I mentioned before. So, look, um, lots of great takeaway points today. Thank you so much for sharing all of your expertise Thank again you, with Alexis, us, Gary. How can people find out more information about you and your wonderful... Uh, they can find me on LinkedIn or they can find me on uh, my website, which is yoursalesmanager.net.au. Uh, and um, I just recently put up a, a 10 question um, test your sales excellence quiz and if you can't answer I'm, I'm titling it you know if your competitors can answer yes to 10 of them and you can't then um, you know you're opening the door for your, your competition to, to have a better opportunity at, at winning business so please visit my website ask yourself the 10 questions and I'm happy to do free 20 minute you know um, reviews and, and then if there's anything that goes beyond that happy to have a chat beyond that but uh, yeah it's it's an interesting it's a thought-provoking 10 questions to say where do you sit in the in the the curve of where you are in your sales excellence yeah. what a fantastic yet slightly frightening prospect is <laughs> everyone's homework for today on small business matters look thank you very much for joining us on the show thank you now, Lexi, appreciate it everyone you can follow us on facebook uh, small biz matters australia where you'll find lots of great information and we'll let you know when the podcasts become available on the website plus you can find out which guests are coming up on the program each and every week um and of course next week i'll be sharing with you some more information about admin that which i love being efficient being productive and maybe we'll talk a little bit about the importance of good bookkeeping practices um those of you who have just possibly hitting up against the deadline for your bass that might be a good one for you to listen to next week so please join us again next week we're on every tuesday at 9 a.m here on small biz matters and if you've got any questions make sure you join us on the facebook chat page as well thanks for joining us everyone my name is alexi boyd i will see you all next week this is triple h 100.1 fm